Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Today on CityCast DC, Lincoln Schmincken. Washington is full of world-famous tourist sites, but today we're going to sit down with Clockout DC's Jade Womack to talk about lesser-known spots where you can take the out-of-towner who thinks they've seen it all. It's Monday, November 28th, 2022. I'm Michael Schaefer, and this is CityCast DC. Hey, Jade. Hey, Mike. It's so good to see you. You run Clockout DC, which is this super popular Instagram account in the city, and people follow it to know about events and cool places to do and all kinds of things. And you come up with these great itineraries for dates and this and that. And uh, I want to talk to you today about uh, hidden gems, about things people may not know about when they're trying to figure out how to plan their weekend or entertain their visiting relatives or whatever in DC. Yeah, let's yeah, let's talk about it. I think oftentimes people in DC they go to the knee jerk things. They'll say like, let's just do the National Mall. Let me bring my friend to the National History Museum. But there's so much more to do in DC, and I think there's kind of like this overrated itinerary, but there's this underrated evergreen list of fun things to do in the city. Let's say museums, right now. Let's pretend I am your dopey out of town uh, visitor, and mm-hmm. I'm like, hey Jade, let's go to the Air and Space Museum again. I would say, no, let's not go to the Air and Space Museum. I would instead choose to go to the Postal Museum or the Textile Museum. And here's my reason why. The Postal Museum? I would say the Postal Museum. And I think because it's so niche and it's so quirky and cool, right? There's an entire building, almost the size of probably the American History Museum, dedicated to stamps and the mail system. Like, I guess the precursor to email. It has all these mailboxes. It has everything. It's kind of a feast for the eyes. It has trains, planes, automobiles. And you have the entire museum pretty much to yourself, which is kind of nice too. So you're saying someone comes here. They might get to see rockets, but instead you, Jade, one of the most knowledgeable people about what to do in D.C., is going to show them mailboxes. You could see a mailbox in Alaska, or you could see a rock on the moon, and I think you'd have more fun seeing the mailbox in Alaska. Hot take. What are the mailboxes like in Alaska? (laughs) Exactly what you'd imagine them to look like, but I don't know. I think there's just this one room, this exhibit that just lives rent-free in my mind where they have all these mailboxes that are from, like I think, Hawaii, from from Alaska, uh, from New York City, and they have them all lined up and they're all like decorated differently in all these different regional pieces. And it's kind of this beautiful uh, quilt, you could say, of America. And I think it's just kind of nice to have this like room to show this, I don't know, this tapestry, you could say, about the mail system. And what about the stamps? It's 
all these drawers and, you know, the most famous stamp, which is kind of ironic, is the one that's upside down. It's the airplane that they messed up, uh, where they, they flipped it over. And that's why it's the most famous and the rarest. And it's kind of funny and quirky that people try to find this incorrect stamp. And for a city that's all about deadlines and on time and the review process and this bureaucraticness, I think it's kind of fun to go and look at it. Where is the Postal Museum? The Postal Museum is beside Union Station. So I guess if you really wanted to, you probably could go to the Air and Space Museum and also the Postal Museum as well. But the Postal Museum is beside the Union Station metro stop. Where is the Textile Museum? The Textile Museum used to be in Colorama. I think now we're in Jeff Bezos' home, but it's actually now right in the Foggy Bottom. Uh, on GW's campus. Uh, I think the intersection is 21st and I, something like that. And, and what's it all about? The history is the textile museum used to be in this mansion. They used to have all of these artifacts like in a bathtub or like in a closet. And they thought, well, that's not the best way to preserve all of these you know, 15th century artifacts. And they ended up having a deal, I think, created with the GW campus to create this beautiful museum as long as they would take care of the Washingtonia artifacts of the GW campus. So Mm -hmm. it's a two-part museum. And they have these really great semester-long exhibits. So right now it's Korean textiles. They've had stuff on Indian textiles. I think they're going to have one upcoming soon about rugs, prayer rugs, and about kind of these spaces for, I guess, like higher meditative purposes through textile. But they have really great uh, family day structure workshops. But it's really interesting because I think when we think about handicraft and art, we think of like Monet and, and Impressionist pieces and not really these decorative arts. And they're elevated in this really cute, beautiful space. Can you wear the textiles? You can't wear the textiles, but you actually get to touch the textiles, like such as silk or learn how to lace. And they have all these little interactive pieces as well. So it's Mm -hmm. a great place to bring children to. And uh, one of the people I know that works there, they love what they do so much. She's actually growing her own silkworm. So that just shows you how much the people that work there love what they do. She's like collecting mulberry leaves every day. Is she growing them there at the museum? Not at the museum, but at her house. So you, you'll learn so much if you go there too. So you also suggest people go see embassies. How does that work? Can you just walk in? Well, yes and no. So there are some embassies that are open to the public 24-7. I think people think that it's really hard to get into embassies, and that is true. But the Swedish embassy, for example, has an art museum that's open to the public, and that's in the Georgetown waterfront. And also the Canadian Embassy, which is adjacent to the National Mall, also has its own art museum. And they have public hours that you're allowed to just walk in and peruse around the embassy. And and so I think when anyone comes to D.C., D.C. has embassies, and this is kind of a time to take those experiences in. Oftentimes, people go to the French Embassy. I think there's a lot of Francophiles in the world, and especially in the D.C. area. And they always have like banquets and events, and people will rent out that space for their own other Francophone-adjacent events in general, but the Swedish embassy will also have public facing events like Pilates or film screenings as well. And people can go to them all the time. So the taxpayers of Sweden are paying for you and me to do Pilates in DC. They do. They have subsidized for $5, perhaps. (laughs) What other embassies are you into? Other embassies, uh, Argentina has a great arts program too. Um, They have receptions probably on Friday nights, um, once in a blue moon. I think that's a really fun one as well. And it's pretty small, and it's in the DuPont neighborhood. And and sim- similar with Haiti, Haiti has a very rich artistic uh, department. In, in D.C., you have embassies, and then you have cultural centers, and then you have like these third parties that have events that I think people are more familiar with, 
But the Australian Cultural Forum has a lot of events too to the public. So if you come to DC, you should go to embassy events. I, I say that, but if the easiest ones to go to are the ones public all the time. That's Sweden and Canada. You also mentioned parks as a thing. Parks, yeah. DC is very is a, is a city for people watching. <laughs> and uh, besides the National Mall and Malcolm X Park and the Drum Circle, I think people should go to some of the more quirky, smaller ones like Common Good City Farm. It's a urban farm that they have like fire cider brewing, or you can learn how to can and jam. Or sometimes they have just like cocktails uh, making in this farm as well. Where is the Common Good City Farm? Common Good City Farm, it's in LaDroit Park. Mm-hmm. And near Howard. Near Howard. Yeah. And you might not know it if you pass by. You might just think, oh, this is just some overgrown garden because mm-hmm. there really isn't a lot of signage around it. So you might might miss it. But it's I don't really actually know if it has an address besides like in the park. I once put yeah. it in Google Maps and I got a little lost. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would also go to where the Arboretum is. Uh, there's the Bonsai Museum, and there's these trees that are more than 400 years old, almost as old as America, older than America. Just like a century and a half old. <laughs> century and a half old, yeah. So you should go there. And the, the leaves change with the season, and I think that's pretty cool. And wait, is this uh, within the grounds of the National Arboretum? Yes, it is within the grounds, but it seems like they function kind of like similarly to the Portrait Gallery and the American Art Museum where they share a building or a space, but they work kind of independently of each other. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a hidden gem. It's not very crowded, you say? It's not very crowded. You have to go through kind of these Japanese gardens to eventually find the bonsai. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. You also talked about places to go out, like for theater and stuff, and like the Kennedy Center and National Theater. These are sort of famous places, but you have another go-to move when you've got out-of-town visitors looking for cultural events. Yeah, and I think, you know, maybe because with newspapers or media or something that they'll often share, like, shows at the Kennedy Center or at Warner Theater and stuff because you can buy tickets, so you have a seat and you can go. But I really love just going to some of these open mic comedy shows, like at the Saloon or Room 808 or at the Cotbed and just trying to find a seat and hear some of these up-and-coming comedic performers. I think it's really fun to see people try new material. And every night in the city, there is an open mic that's probably free. I want to say there's five different comedy collectives, and they're all throughout the city. But they're all friends with each other. Actually, one of my friends throws a comedy show in his house. There's dark comedy shows. There's immigrant comedy shows. There's a funny Arab group. There's a variety of comedy shows, and I think they're just kind of fun to attend. And some of them are BYOB even, and they're very intimate, fun settings. Where can you find out about them? A lot of them you can find out through Eventbrite, but it seems as though that all of these comics perform at these different venues on different nights. Once you follow one comic, you kind of end up opening up your world to all of them. What's the material like, generally? Uh, I mean, is it a politics jokes? Is it workplace jokes? What what do we got? Um, yeah, right. Everyone talks about how terrible DC dating is. I would say that compared to other cities, one thing I've noticed when comics come visit us from New York, their material doesn't do as well because DC comedy doesn't do a lot of self-deprecation. Our comics tend to seem to be more about um, observational jokes, about lacking common sense, a little bit of people not being super POC or uh, dating. I would say like those are the three topics, I would say, like very Seinfeld-esque. 
material, but not very self-deprecating or not that much dark comedy. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That's why there's only one dark comedy show I know of. Um, and of course, we can also find out about these by looking at your Clockout DC Instagram. Yes. Yes. Because you collect kind of everything. <laughs> I do collect almost everything. Yeah. Um, and one of the other things that I think is really cool about what you collect is even uh, plain old going to the movies can be tweaked and made a little bit more memorable in your world. Where do you like to go see movies? So, yeah, you know, it's kind of fun because what you go on your Netflix, what you see on your Instagram, even your Google search feed is created to be for you. But there's so many venues in DC where you can spontaneously just watch a movie and maybe you might like it, maybe you won't. All the time we go to restaurants where we've always looked, you know, we always go and read the Yelp reviews online. But there's like Sun Cinema that just has this really wild list of movies every night in this converted townhouse that they put out. And it's in Mount Pleasant and it has a little bar situation. But you can watch random Chinese films from the 1950s to maybe some Marilyn Monroe films to maybe I think some of their most recent films will show is from maybe like 2020 tops. You can also go to the Asian Art Museum and they'll show like samurai films from the early 1900s or the National Gallery of Art, for example, they'll show films about artistic movements of Native American tribes all the way to just uh, horror or Alfred Hitchcock and anything between. So there's a really rich film screening culture in D.C. that I don't think people are aware of that there are film screenings happening all the time not just in embassies, which I mentioned previously, or museums, but also in these small little cinemas. I think people know a lot about like Landmark Street Cinema downtown, but there's also like Sun Cinema as well, too. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So you do such an incredible public service by pulling this all together, where there's really not much like that. How do people support you if they want to? I would say like and share. I also have a Patreon. Sometimes people Venmo me, but really I would just say like and share and Email me, email me if you go to stuff. I think that's the, the most powerful thing is that tell me if you've gone to something and you enjoy it because it really helps me understand like if I'm grabbing stuff that's good or bad. Like I have a good feel of what I'm doing, but it's always good, to, nice to get feedback as well. And what is your email? My email is jade, J-A-D-E at clockoutdc.com. Clockoutdc. Mm-hmm. All right. Jade at clockoutdc.com. Thank you so much for talking to me. It was really fun. Yeah, thank you, Mike. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. And before you go, we wanted to clue you in on the exciting CityCast DC week ahead. First off, tomorrow... We've got a great episode about Giving Tuesday in the DMV. It's hard to know the right organizations to donate to, and we've got some suggestions to get you started. 
On Wednesday, we're doing our first ever live taping. This means that you can join us as we record our weekly news roundup. It's happening at 6.30 p.m. at the Politics and Pros at Union Market. CityCast CEO David Plotz will be on the show. The whole CCDC team will be there. And we're all going out for drinks afterwards. So come join us. And if you have such a fun time that you want to hang out with us some more, we've got a booth at Hyrick House Christmas Market on Saturday. So stop by and chat with us. Maybe you'll even get to be on the pod. Okay, that's all for today here on CityCast DC. I'm Michael Schaefer from Politico. If you enjoyed the show, send it to the friend who most recently moved to DC. Bet they could use some of these insider suggestions. We'll be back tomorrow with those Giving Tuesday tips. Talk to you then. Mm -hmm.